1: All right, America, we are here 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City. Tonight is the Democratic debate, the first one where Mike Bloomberg was going to take the stage. Hopefully he's not going to try and diss brown people like me and other blacks and Latinos out there or try to kill any old people while he's up there. Check this out.
3: Mayor Bloomberg, should you exist? I can't speak for all billionaires. All I know is I've been very lucky, made a lot of money, and I'm giving it all away to make this country better. And a good chunk of it goes to the Democratic Party as well. Should you have earned that much money?
0: Yes, I worked very
3: hard for
0: it. Confronted about it, you admitted making sexually suggestive remarks, saying, quote, that's the way I grew up. In a lawsuit in the 1990s, according to the Washington Post, one former female employee alleged that you said, quote, I would do you in a second. Um,
3: I have no tolerance for the kind of behavior that the Me Too movement, movement has exposed in my foundation the person that runs it's a woman 70% of the people there are women <clears throat> in my company lots and lots of women have big responsibilities they get paid exactly the same as men and in my um, uh, in city hall the person that's the top person my deputy mayor was a woman and 40% of our commissioners were women Mr. Mayor, are you willing to release all of those women from those non-disclosure agreements so we can hear their
0: side of the story?
3: We have a very few non-disclosure agreements. H-
0: how many? Is let me that? finish. How many is that?
3: None of them accuse me of doing anything other than maybe they didn't like a joke I told. And let me just po- and let me put there's a be- agreements between two parties that wanted to keep it quiet. And that's up to them. They sign those agreements and we'll live with with it. Discriminated against. That's not what we do as Democrats. Mr. Vice President. Look, let's get something straight here. It's easy. All the mayor has to do is say, you are released from the non-disclosure agreement. Period. That's how it works. Mayor Bloomberg, final word to you. I said we're not going to get to end these agreements because they were made consensually, and they have every right to expect that they will stay private. If they want to release it, they should be able to release can themselves. I, can I add a word Say to yes. If that's a way to beat Donald Trump, wow, I would be very surprised.
1: Thank you, Senator. The DNC is going to take it away from Bernie again. And that's OK,
3: because we don't care who the hell it is. We're going to win. We're going to win.
1: We have to. Check this out. I was scrolling through Twitter and... I saw a tweet from Kimberly Guilfoyle. Big shout out to Kimberly Guilfoyle. She's a senior advisor at the campaign to reelect the president. She's a boricua. She's doing a fantastic job with Sandra Benitez and the rest of the crew that lead the Trump campaign. Of course, their Latino coalition, Latinos for Trump. And I was looking at the tweet and it had something interesting to say about the Democrats having a problem on their hands because they no longer can count on the Hispanic vote. And I thought that was interesting. What's really interesting about the article is that the author seems so incredulous, like there's a real sense of incredulity to the way he's writing because he seems to doubt the idea of assimilation, saying that the more generations that go by, less and less people identify as Hispanic or Latino. I find that interesting because you can hold on to your culture as much as you'd like and still assimilate, although I do understand how the two could challenge one another I think that assimilation is critical for anybody coming from anywhere to America. It has nothing to do with where you come from. It has to do with when in Rome, do as the Romans do. And you don't have to abandon your roots. For example, Chinese families don't eat hamburgers and hot dogs for dinner in order to assimilate. But they learn the language, they learn the customs, they learn which side of the street we drive on this country, that type of thing. In the same way, Irish families don't abandon corned beef and cabbage let alone Hispanic and Latino families like the Puerto Rican family I grew up in. Of course, we kept America first, and we honor our flag, and we stand for the pledge. We wore red, white, and blue every Friday to our school assemblies. But when we came home, we spoke in English generally, occasionally in Spanish. But we didn't abandon certain principles of greeting elders and people of respect in our family, asking them for their benediction. You know, it's called pidiendo la bendición. And they would say, que Dios te bendiga, you know, may the Lord bless you. These are just cultural things that we did out of respect. Had nothing to do with us abandoning our culture or abandoning Americanism. And we would still sit down and eat dinner. And it wasn't hamburgers and hot dogs. It was arroz con habichuela and pernil, right? Roast pork and rice and beans. Yet I still grew up with a lot of kids whose parents were born in America. Some of their parents, let's just say, were born in Italy. And their parents may have spoken Italian. But my contemporaries didn't speak Italian because of assimilation. And this was due to them abandoning their culture. And that's why so many of my friends now have gone and kind of gone out of their way to learn to speak Italian, to bring it back so that their kids can grow up speaking Italian and knowing the Italian culture. And they take their family vacations now to whatever city they're from in Italy because they want to keep the culture strong in the family. And I know the same is true for many of my Jewish friends who go back to Israel and explore the Holy Land. And yet all of them are as American as apple pie. And that's the point that I wanted to make about assimilation, it doesn't mean you have to abandon your culture. But it does mean this is America, so when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Or when in America, do as the Americans do. But when politicians decide to hinder somebody's ability to assimilate by preventing opportunities such as assimilation, creating a sanctuary city and coddling them, encouraging them to break the law, encouraging them to not assimilate and to stand their ground to be in the country unlawfully, now we have a problem. It's policies that nullify the Constitution, reject the rule of law, and embrace the lawlessness of entering this country illegally that are causing havoc in these sanctuary cities. Shielding people from the federal government doing their job to keep America safe, enforcing immigration laws for your own political gain is shameful. Giving an illegal alien absconder legal advice to help them stay in our country illegally, flies in the face of assimilation. And it flies in the face of patriotism. It's literally doing what's wrong for your fellow Americans and their families. This is why so many Hispanics, Latinos like me, support the president's defense of our country and our borders. This is why Americans of Hispanic heritage support Attorney General Barr. They support President Trump in changing these laws, filing the lawsuits, doing what needs to be done to keep America safe. We can't promote lawlessness from politicians just for the sake of political power while the country hangs in the balance. But this is exactly what happens when you have politicians like Mayor Garcetti from Los Angeles using his police chief like a puppet to do just that. Check this out. Remember, you have the right to remain silent. You don't have to open your door to an ICE agent that doesn't have a warrant signed by a judge. You have the right to speak to a lawyer before signing any documents or speaking to law enforcement. And if you need help finding an attorney, you can call 311 and learn more about our Justice Fund and other resources that offer legal support. And whenever possible, keep a record of everything that happens. Take note of an officer's name and badge number, of when and where you're being questioned, so you can use that information in your own defense. And most importantly, I want you to know you do not need be afraid. Your city is on your side. And rest assured, here in Los Angeles, we are not coordinating with ICE.
3: Our police force does not do the job of federal law enforcement. So I want to reiterate what the mayor just said. The Los Angeles Police Department is not assisting ICE in any way. We will not enforce immigration laws that are civil in nature and that fall under the jurisdiction of the federal government. Immigration is a federal matter. Safety is a police matter. And we're not going to mix
1: those two. Now listen. I spend a lot of time following the latest developments in immigration policy, sanctuary cities, all of it, because you have to keep your finger on the pulse. But sometimes you have to really open it up to looking at the analysis of others and the bigger picture and like, what's happening? What's next? Amnesty? That just might be it. Straight ahead, we're going to sit down with Daniel Horowitz and hear what he has to say. Daniel's from Conservative Review And he's going to drop some facts on us. And of course, we always want to give a big shout out to JustFacts.com, F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com for being our preferred policy partner here at This Is America because facts matter. And when you want solid information, you want to go to the primary source data. That primary source data is untainted. And that's what you want to deal with. You don't want to deal with somebody's analysis, even mine. I'm going to give you my opinion. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to comment and give you my opinion. But I want you to look at facts. That's why I recommend that you go to JustFacts.com. Go to their website. Sign up for their newsletter. They send one or two pieces of really good information per month, justfacts.com slash rich. It's a free newsletter. You can thank me later. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This Is America.
0: Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America.
2: He's got the best head of hair in podcasting.
1: This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. This is Rich Valdez. You just heard that. And, of course, today we have Daniel Horowitz with us. I just told you about Daniel. He's the editor at Conservative Review. And he's going to tell us a little bit about what's going on with potential amnesty. Daniel, are you with us?
2: I am with you. And it's good to know this is America because sometimes it's hard to tell.
1: Yeah, you're not lying, my brother. So let's talk a little bit about the GOP's plot to run amnesty on America yet again.
2: The chairman of the Judiciary Committee in the Senate, which controls immigration, is Lindsey Graham. Now, ever since Rush Limbaugh called him graham he has not mm-hmm. really kicked that amnesty habit. And he just can't get off of it. So he's pushing that Tom Tillis of North Carolina is. King Langford of Oklahoma. They are pushing an amnesty for three, three and a half million illegal alien farm workers. But it's a lot. This problem runs very, very deep.
1: Why would you say all of these folks that you're mentioning are in on this? What's their skin in the game? What's the benefit?
2: Sure, sure. So the same thing has always been. Democrats want votes, they want the cheap labor. At the end of the day, if you know with any market distortion, whether it's farm subsidies, whether it's healthcare mandates and subsidies and distortions, once you distort a market, then it becomes a self-fulfilling reality. The market works on that corruption. So all these industries now create a paradigm where they work off of foreign labor. And it just its a cascading effect. And these are the loudest industries, and those are the ones that donate and they have their voices. There's no money behind that. That's the reality. So you'll have some some principal members here and there But otherwise, the swamp is the swamp for a reason.
1: So what are you suggesting?
2: What I'm suggesting is if Republican-oriented, conservative talk radio doesn't change their game and shift some of the focus away from focusing on Democrats, Democrat primary, and to actually focus on, rather than the Democrat debate tonight, the great GOP debate that is raging. It's raging behind closed doors. It's raging out in the open. Are we going to be a party of, you know, Tip Roy's and you know, Louis Gohmert's, or are we going to be a party of Lindsey Graham's? What is that second term going to look like? It's that a symbol.
1: Sounds like fighting words, but I do agree in <laughs> that we have to really always continually assess ourselves, right? As Republicans, as a conservative movement, we have to say, hey, hold on a second. What is it that we believe in? And if we're going to allow the markets, the free markets to be free, then we can't stifle or, you know, use the iron glove of, government and immigration on the invisible hand of the free market. So no argument there. I guess the real question becomes, is this a debate of money and politics or is this a debate over protecting farmers? How do you slice that?
2: Sure. It's all money and politics. Like I said, you know, let, let me give you a good example with ag. There was an article out out of um, Perry, Iowa, Perry Times, I think it was, talked about Tyson Foods. Now, we complain about human trafficking. But if you want to know the biggest human trafficker, it's places like Tyson Foods. I mean, that's, that's, that's what they're doing. They, they rely on that labor. And over time, they, they reported that they have – the majority of their workers are – they talk about nine languages being spoken. And what that does is it creates a self-fulfilling reality. Yes, so of course, they are not going to have Americans working in that anymore. So then they, build, they built it off of that. So then they're saying, "Look, we need more," and then the more they have, the more they
1: need. So. You're talking about the use of legal immigrants from different places as more affordable labor, not illegal immigrants.
2: Well, it's both. It's both. It mixes together. Um, in those, in that case, it was more refugees. Um, but either way, it's it's the same ideological logroll and gravy train. Okay, so whether it's Silicon Valley at the entry-level white-collar jobs, whether it's H2 legal low skill or whether it's refugees, whether it's the border, they all support each other because they want one big pipeline of very cheap labor. And, and, and the, you know, th- there's a place for a certain amount, but you reach a point where, yeah, I mean, Americans can't compete with that. And they're doing it with tech jobs too, so you can't just say, oh, the jobs Americans don't want to do. Well, really? You're telling me entry-level coding and programming jobs are jobs Americans don't want to do? I don't think so.
1: Let's wrap this with, I guess, your uh, forecast of how this gets resolved and how we break it down.
2: Sure. Well, here's what's happening. The Supreme Court is going to come down with a decision on the DACA amnesty, and likely they're going to rule properly that Trump could get rid of the program. That is going to set off a massive, massive clamor on the part of Republicans, not for border security, but for amnesty. And the question is, what gets thrown in that bill? And I think that is where the agriculture bill and many other things really will hit the fan.
1: Okay, well, we'll leave that there and we'll probably circle back on that because I think this is a topic that merits further conversation, and we definitely need to revisit it. But again, that's Daniel Horowitz. He's from Conservative Review. You've heard of him. You've heard him on his podcast. You've read his articles. Daniel, let everybody know where they could find you.
2: Sure. You go to conservativereviewpodcast. iTunes. You could find me iTunes, Stitcher, wherever your podcast, and all my articles are at
1: conservativereview.com. Perfect. Well, thank you again for joining the program. Everybody, you're listening to This is America. I am Rich Valdez, and we'll be right back.
0: This is America.
1: All right, America, welcome back. This is Rich Valdez. It's round three. And I just want to thank you guys again. Always want to thank the listeners because why? Well, because the podcast continues to grow. More and more subscriptions, more and more listeners, more and more followers on social media. So thank you for giving us a follow at Rich Valdez with an S. We definitely appreciate that. Also, thank you for following Rich Cementa. And a big thank you for everybody that's following. The great one, Mark Levin, who just hit 2 million followers on social media. So, big shout out to the great one. Speaking of the great one, I have the distinct pleasure and honor of sitting in for the great one while he's on a special assignment with Prime Minister Netanyahu in Israel. If you're listening to this on Thursday, stay tuned for me on the Mark Levin Show tomorrow night. Now, another quick announcement. I'm going to be at CPAC Friday morning speaking about immigration. It's going to be a panel, star-studded panel. You don't want to miss it. I can't tell you everybody that's on the panel because if I tell you, then I have to, well, you know the rest. But keep it locked on the podcast. If you miss CPAC, I'm going to give you all the details. Listen to The Mark Levin Show. And of course, follow us at Rich Valdez with an S or get us on Facebook. Uh, Facebook, Rich Valdez, same thing. We definitely want to hear from you and we appreciate it when you visit the website, the richvaldez.com. Now, I always leave you guys with A quote from Hamilton and a quote from, lately I've been using a quote from Sir Edmund Burke. I believe in them deeply, that if you stand for nothing, you will fall for absolutely anything. And all that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good people, like you, to sit there and do absolutely nothing. So don't cower in the face of evil. Stand up to it. Do something. Know something. Read something. Until the next time, America, I'm Rich Valdez. And this is America. This is America.